This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Lanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here, Ian. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing incredibly well, thank you. Um, well, particularly given it's uh, the end of my uh, my week, it's um, 5 p.m. UK time right now, so uh, glass of wine uh, being prepared. <laughs> I knew it was five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's 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 getting chilled in the background. So uh, how cool is that? It was a good year. <laughs> it was a it, it, it was a good year, and it and the more you drink, the better it gets. <laughs> Yeah. Ain't that the truth? Yeah, there's something magical about alcohol. How it does that? It, it's, a, it's a it's a funny thing, isn't it? Yeah, the more you have, the better oh, it is. So listen, uh, Ian, uh, Jason, and I love starting off the show in a particular way, and that is just by asking if you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs. So do I come from a family of entrepreneurs? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, well, kind of. I mean, you know, whether you'd call them entrepreneurs um, uh, is is debatable. So my father ran his own business. He was a butcher, um, and and his father, my grandfather, had several butcher shops. So they were in the retail um, uh, sector. On the uh, on my mother's side of the family, they were tailors in in Ireland. Um, they uh, they ran a retail outlet in in a in a part of Ireland called Bandit Country, um, which is a, which is a rather strange fra- phrase. But what that means is they were on the border between the south and the north of Ireland. So anyone who lives in Ireland would know exactly what I mean. Um, so that 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 kind of goes back to the scary times in Ireland. So yeah, there's kind of history of uh, doing things for themselves, yeah, yeah. making a living. In an entrepreneurial way, you know, you know, for me, the you know, the definition of an entrepreneur is somebody willing to take a risk. So you kind of put your own money and your own livelihood on the line for something that might happen. Um, so, yeah. so, so, yeah, I think they, you know, I think, I think they are entrepreneurs. You know, what's funny is in the last episode that we had done, I wanted to ask that person, you know, how do you define entrepreneurship? But the opportunity had had fallen to the side because we started getting into other things. So I'm grateful to you that it came up anyways, and that you took the liberty of sort of defining for yourself how you see entrepreneurship, because I think that's a very solid definition. Uh, I, I think that many entrepreneurs would agree if you're not risking something yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> so there's a, exactly. So there's a lot of people who do things for themselves, um, but they're not really entrepreneurs. You know, it's just a it's just a mechanism by which they are employed in order to generate money in a tax efficient way. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, because they can achieve all their goals. But a, but a real entrepreneur is willing to put their home up, their their savings up, put their family at risk, um, in order in order to gain something. You know, and I, I just a just a little bit of research so so you probably know i've written three books and um i started one but didn't finish it and i was going to write a book called the entrepreneur's secret code 
and um, I interviewed some very successful entrepreneurs. And um, one of the one of the really interesting patterns is that none of them started their business in order to make money. Um, uh, how cool is that? So so. They started their business because they were in love with something. They were passionate about something. They were energized about something. And because of that, they became really good at what it was they did. And because they were really good at what they did, they then made a whole pile of money. So, so, so it's a really interesting lesson for an aspiring entrepreneur. If you focus on making money, you might get it badly wrong. If you focus on doing an amazing job uh, for people, then as a consequence, you'll almost certainly make money. Yeah, man. No, thank you for that. And now I need to know that you're going to finish that book that you started and and didn't finish. uh, Well, well, (laughs) you know, we we kind of did. So, the reason, the reason I say that is that we flipped the book into the world of selling. And the reason for that is that the company that I run, we focus on helping um, individuals and organizations sell more. So, so the so the beauty of that is that everybody in the world sells. So you sell, leaders sell, I sell, parents sell. You know, they've got to sell to their children to get them to eat vegetables and get a bed on time. So and entrepreneurs have to sell. So we thought we would just like broaden the reach. And therefore, we then did research into what it is that distinguishes the top performing salespeople from the rest. Um, so, so it's a subtle change. I was going to say that. Do you find in the in the work that you've done, the research that you've done, that entrepreneurs have less of an aversion to sales than people who will just never cut it as entrepreneurs? Um, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or, 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 or put another way, or slightly reframing your question: successful entrepreneurs, you know, because it's you know it's like everything: salespeople, leadership, entrepreneurship. There are those who are unsuccessful, and there are those who are successful. So, if you categorise the ones who are successful, and we get to have a deep and meaningful conversation about what success is: is it about being happy? Is it about being fulfilled? Is it about making a pile of money? You know, it's probably a bit of bit of all of those things. Um, is it about doing things? that you never imagined you would do. Um, and by the way, I think that's a powerful motivator, you know, particularly the older you get, you know, I'm probably the oldest person on the call right now, but, you know, you kind of, you know, once you've bought the house and once you've educated your kids and once you've gone on holiday, money becomes less important. You want to do things that you can dine out with your grandchildren in years to come. You say, I'm so proud that I did that because I never imagined that I I, I, I would do that. You know, I'll give you a little example of a friend, a friend of mine. He, happen, he happens to be the chairman of my company. So he's a man in his 60s. He's very wealthy. Um, he's very successful in his in his career. He's learning to play the piano. So, you know, how cool is that age 60? So probably when he's 70 and he has a dinner party and invites people around to his home and he can play music and they never imagined he would ever do that. How cool would that be? Telling them he's got another bedroom on his home, or he's got another hundred thousand in his bank account, you know, they'd be completely uninterested. But showing them that he can play the piano um, when he didn't have a musical bone in his body is incredibly cool. Oh man, you're getting into some some serious stuff here, because uh, uh, Jason and I recently went to a, to a business training. 
uh, that covered some of these themes. And, and one of the things they said is specific, and these were all people who were successful in their own right. If you're doing it for the money, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And you're right. They're, they're, there's yeah. a certain point where it literally becomes meaningless. It's nice to have more money that gives you longer, yeah. you know, longer runway, but it literally defeats the purpose of continuing to do what you do. Well, you know, you know, if you take some of the iconic entrepreneurs in the U.S. or the famous ones, you know, the Elon Musk's and um, Zuckerberg and so on and so forth, I mean, they've got so much money they couldn't spend it, uh, but, they, <laughs> but they still work 100 hours a week. So what is it that gets them out of bed in order to show up to put that work effort in? They're not doing it to earn another million or another million <laughs> they're doing it to have a sense of accomplishment a sense of achievement a sense of satisfaction a sense of fulfillment um and, d- and to do things that nobody ever imagined you know bill gates is a really you know is a really interesting one and um he doesn't really publicize it but you know his mission in life is to eliminate malaria globally that's what gets him out of bed in the morning. So, you know, if you banged on his, you know, if you were a stockbroker and you banged on his door and said, Bill, I can make you more famous and richer than you ever imagined, you would get zero minutes on his agenda. <laughs> yeah. 40 years ago, you might have got you might have got half a day with him to help him do that, but he's done that. So, so so the issue is, you know, his motivation is in a different direction. So if you could help him eliminate malaria then all of a sudden you've got his attention yeah and that oh, applies man. that applies to you jason and you philip and me mm-hmm. you know it's like what is it that really gets us out of bed in the morning yeah man this is really going into some serious territory and because you know like uh for example while i myself am not a serial entrepreneur i've done some work and i've worked with many people and interviewed over two thousand people who have done that kind of work and i'm starting to see a pattern really come to fruition here and i wish i would have spoken to you earlier in those 2000 to be able to then carry the torch forward here but jason himself is a serial entrepreneur and there's one thing i know is jason doesn't do anything just for the money anymore that's just literally defeats the purpose of doing anything for him anymore having worked so closely with him i've seen him and there are things that he rather not do just because it's worth just because it's just not worth it because it all yeah. is about one thing right and he loves having three-way wins so you know there's got to be more people involved who are going to get something out of it there's something about bringing in as many wins as possible and one thing and i'm beginning to see this it changes the question when someone asks you what do you want to do right an entrepreneur a real one a successful one will be able to answer you and immediately because they're already working on something they specifically want to do is this accurate? Yeah, yeah I think it. I, I think it's pretty accurate. So, so they may not be able to, you know, put it on a poster or on the wall or in a frame. And I don't think that really matters. But they have some kind of a mission um, to be famous for something, to be brilliant at something, to impact somebody's lives. Um, so, so I'll give you a little example. It's, it's, it's slightly UK, but you'll 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 get it. So, if you're ever in one of the cities in the UK. Um, and you're walking down the street, you may bump into a magazine seller who's selling a magazine called The Big Issue. Um, and I've got a feeling it's in New York now as well. I'm not absolutely sure of my ground. Um, so, so the big name is The Big Issue. And basically, the business was all about helping homeless people get off the street by selling the magazine. So these homeless people get a nice red jacket. They're given these magazines and they sell them for 
whatever it is, five, you know, you know, five dollars. So I spoke to the founders of that of that business. And it's an entrepreneurial business. Uh, they're also into venture capital right now. But they said to me, they said, um, they said, the more successful we are, the less money we'll make. Now that's a bit of a weird thing, isn't it, for an entrepreneur? to say and he said to such an extent when we achieve our goal we'll make no money at all and the reason for that is that their mission as a business is to get homeless people off the street so if they get them off the street there's nobody to sell the magazine and therefore nobody to make the money um but that's job done now you know okay if you're an entrepreneur in your 20s and you've got to buy your home and educate your kids of course you've got to make of course you go make money but for some of the older ones, you know, like like me, there will be other things that put a smile on your face, that are a t- big tick in the box that you tell your young grandchildren you're really proud of, that you've accomplished something that you never imagined you would accomplish. So, so just, you know, for me, as a, it's a small example, but, you know, I didn't really do very well at school. Um, in fact, I did really quite badly at school. Um, but I've now written a book. Um, so as a young youngster, as a 16 year old, yeah, you know, I wouldn't have imagined reading a book, let alone writing a book. So, so for me, that that's like a personal accomplishment um, that I'm incredibly proud of to to a different degree that someone else might 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 be proud of. And then there's a kind of um, as I built my company. Um, it's not so much about the profit. It's about the fact that we've convinced some of the biggest companies in the world to buy our services. And I think we're a small company just outside London. And we've, uh, I'll give you an example. You know, we, would have, we would have convinced American Express to buy our services all over the world or Deloitte or Cisco. You know, and there's this sort of inner satisfaction that you, as, as, a, as a minnow, in in the sea, you can convince the giants to buy what it is that you're 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 doing, and actually that's worth that's worth far more than the profit that you make, in in in, in my opinion. Right, because it's about. I never thought that our, our company would have been able to uh, successfully close those types of deals. More than the actual number behind the deal itself, yeah. I can see. I can see the way that works. Uh, yeah. You know, J- Jason talks about this all the time uh, with uh, legacy versus footprint, and footprint really being yeah. what you leave behind. True. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, legacy is. You know, I'll give you a little example. So yesterday. Um, I was in London and I was doing something all day free of charge. So I was a judge at the Women in Sales Awards for Europe. So I sat there on a panel and I was pitched at by eight women salespeople, completely free of charge. Um, Now, um, what do I get out of that? What I get out of that is I listen to their stories and I am inspired and moved by what they've achieved and where they're going and their passion. So I learn something new every time, every time I do that. But what am I giving to them? 
you know, I'm giving them my time and my experience and my expertise um, that might be difference making in their in, in in their career. And I've done this year, and you know, I've spoken at their events and all that kind of stuff. You know, and I'm connected with some of these women who are incredibly talented, but they move on and up and become even more successful. And and when you get a, I'm sure Jason would agree. You know, when you get an email from somebody quite some years down the road saying you. You were pivotal in helping me become who I became. Again, that's 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 worth far more than a hundred thousand dollars drop dropping into your bank account that sits in your bank account for the next twenty years. Yeah, probably, mm-hmm. maybe. <laughs> no, no, no. This is this is real stuff. I I love that we get the chance to have a conversation with someone who really is at the other end of entrepreneurship in the sense that you yourself are looking for something beyond the money. There's a win that sure, I mean nothing short of an egregious amount of money could be like, well, I've never made that much in one sale, you know, is going to get your attention anymore. You, you a lot yeah. like you like with the Bill Gates situation where you're looking at certain point money can't bring you the growth you're looking for. Is this yeah. is this what we're getting at here? Yeah, I think you know, I think it is. So there's a there's an author in the US um, well, he's a global author, a fellow called Dan Pink. Yeah. Um, and, and you'll probably know that Dan Pink wrote a book called Drive. Mm-hmm. And the subline on the book is called The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us. So he's actually done research that understands what it is that what it is that motivates um, each of us. And we're all different. Um, and we put it in a different order and a different priority and wired in a different way and you know what success to you might be different to me and so on and so forth but it absolutely evidence is the fact that money has a play but it absolutely will not be the most important thing in 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 in, in, in life so people are uh, are motivated by social causes by beauty and harmony by um ego by by a whole list of different things and we see that in the political world we see that at the business world in the entrepreneurial world and it's almost like and you question why are you doing that well you're doing that because you're wired in a particular way and you're motivated in a particular way um you, you know because sometimes sometimes people who are wired and motivated differently to us it's difficult to kind of understand why on earth are you doing that <laughs> yeah. i mean well, I, you, you know, it's, like, kind of, uh, it's like it's like McDonald's, for example, right? Even yeah. if McDonald's gave people $25 an hour, there are still people who would never apply to McDonald's, not because it's beneath them. They just have no interest in working in the fast food business at all. This is, this yeah. that's, like the, that's like the smallest example of something that's much larger in terms of what gives people a sense of purpose and a reason to get the hell out uh, of bed. Right, okay. So then you've got, you know, then you've got brands and the, those brands are so important. So, I mean, you, you mentioned Richard Branson earlier. Um, so, you know, a real example is slightly UK centric, but people will get it. You know, so if you take um, Virgin Airways or Virgin Airlines, um, they they pay their um, they pay their flight crew less than some of the other uh, well known airlines, but their level of loyalty and their level of passion um, and their level of, of of customer engagement is far superior. Uh, so, so the reason for that is that people want to work for that firm because it has a sense of purpose, it has a culture, um, it has a DNA that sets it apart from a similar airline that flies aircraft that would pay them a little bit more. 
Uh, that's true. I mean, I, I would definitely fly Virgin over Southwest any day out here in the in the. Well, there you go. There you go. You that know. goes without saying. Leg room. Yeah. It feels like I'm driving in a Mercedes yeah. as opposed to yeah. No, there, there's a lot to be said for that. Well, you know, you know, and you use you use the perfect word really, which is about feelings. And you know, Maya Angelou's got that famous quote, you know, that says people will forget what you did, they'll forget what you said, but. they will always remember how you make them feel. So, you know, if you make them feel valued, if you make them feel significant, if you make them feel loved, um, all of those things in whatever sequence is important to them, then you're going to get engagement, you're going to get loyalty. So, you know, if you're an aspiring entrepreneur or a successful one or a growing business owner, you know, if you, rather than thinking about how do I make money, how do I how do I make my f- people feel brilliant? Oh, and if I make them feel amazing, then actually I'm going to make more money. It's a con- it's a consequence because they're going to stay with me. They're going to be motivated. They're going to be harder working. They're going to be more passionate. They're going to be more loyal. So it's a sequencing thing. Yeah, no, there's definitely there's definitely a recipe behind that. Uh, before yeah. we go any further, I want to take just a short break to yeah, give a sure. shout out to somebody that made the conversation and where it's going even possible. And, yeah, and sure. that, is, that is a company that I think even you might be interested in. Uh, is The name of the company is called Sharing the Credit, uh, led by Will Black. And essentially, every time someone is swiping a debit or a credit card, you pay, you know, whether it's MasterCard, Visa, you do pay a fee to the bank. And legally, you are actually allowed to transfer that and move that to be sent somewhere else besides a bank. And that could be any nonprofit of your choice. So if you ask yourself, if I'm already doing this, and I know it sounds like what it sounds like, but it's it's true. A lot of things, a lot like certain healthcare provider benefit plans are just sort of on autopilot by most employers. And this is one of those things where if you would have taken a deeper look, the work has been done to find out that we can't actually redirect where that goes. and and double the impact your business is having on the world simply by changing the way you accept payments. And that's the fascinating part and why it's called sharing the credit. And if you want to get involved with this, all you have to do is reach out to Will Black at sharing the credit or anyone on his team. And you go to sharingthecredit.com, let them know the war room sent you and they'll take care of you and help you double the impact you're already making in your business to where you want it to go to, whether it's dogs, uh, you know, homeless people kind of like the, uh, the big issue. And I mean, now I'm gonna have to go tell them about what's going on sharing the credit, but there's just the kinds of things you can do in business, infinite opportunities. With that said, Ian, I also want to give you the opportunity to tell people where they themselves can go to connect with you and, and learn more about what it is that you're doing and maybe even take you up on some of your offers. You know, you know, the easy way to contact me is on LinkedIn. Um, so, so Ian Mills, you can see me on screen. You've got my spelling. Um, you know, if you, you know, if you, <laughs> there's a few Ian Mills is on there, um, but hopefully you'll recognize me. Um, but if you, if you search on the word transform, because my company is called Transform Performance, um, or if you search on the secret code, um, because my books are under the label, the secret code, um, and you'll find, you'll find me rapidly. Look, you know, we've got a website, which is Transform Performance dot com um you can contact me on there and my email address is ian.mills at transformperformance.com so however you want to do that um and i'm quite keen on phone calls and zoom calls and teams calls so i'm the easiest man in the world to connect with 
<laughs> I love it, man. There's so many things that you've talked about. Like we didn't really get a chance to go too far into your own narrative because we immediately explored certain keys, uh, secret codes, if you will, of, of success in, in, in terms of entrepreneurship. But, but I have to know for you, if you had to give a bottom line to a, to a real defining moment in your journey on entrepreneurship, is there one that in particular stands out to you and you still to this day can't believe you made it through? Um, actually, I thought about that before you, uh, you know, before you got on this call, and um, and you know, I don't think there, I don't think there is, and I, and I'll tell you the reason why I say that is that I think defining moments, um, uh, or problems or mountains to climb, um, are an attitude. So, so some of us see those and and expand those in a way that others don't see them. Um, I'm lucky enough that my my sort of mindset and my uh, and my deep rooted belief system sees problems as opportunities. But hey, let's 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 be realistic. Uh, life is a roller coaster, um, <laughs> so I get things wrong every day. Yeah, um, you know, I, I I play I play golf. So you, you know, if anyone's listening to this who plays golf, I can imagine that you've never perfected it. You'll have brilliant days and good days, <laughs> and you, you might even be a scratch player. But sure as heck, you'll have really bad days. So I think entrepreneurship, and I think sales, and I think leadership and business generally is exactly like that. So you know, if you set your goals high, you're never going to get there. Um, you know, the big iconic entrepreneurs, um, none of them have achieved their dreams um, because their dreams are outrageously extreme. But, oh, my God, they've got close to them. So, um, you know, but let me, let me go back to your question. Defining moment. Um, I probably was in my early 40s before I learned that you could enjoy work. Wow. So. So I thought I thought work in my earlier career was about earning money. Yeah. And I was happy and I, I was successful and I did and I did things that you know I guess I, I guess I, I probably enjoyed, but the purpose was to earn money. Um, and I didn't believe that you could do something where you could have a significant impact on others. Um, and I fell into that world. Um, and I'm thinking, I can't believe this. You know, I'm now, it's almost like being on, work is like being on holiday. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, earlier, you know, earlier this week, I spent a day in, I mean, it wasn't necessarily made a great deal to you, but I went. I, I flew to Germany. I went to Berlin for the day. Well, that meant I had to leave home at four a.m. in the morning, and I got and I got back at about nine p.m. You know, which for many people sounds like drudgery. Yeah, airports and travel, but actually, it was like going on holiday. I went to meet interesting people and have a fascinating conversation. I saw things I've never seen before. Um, no, I did my day's work and I earned my company money and I had an impact. But I have stories to tell that could drag on for the next five years. So one person can look at the world in that way and another person can look at the world in a different way. So, you know, I'm lucky that I've never had a business that's gone under. Um, but I've had days when I've lost deals that I was desperate to win. Those are probably the down moments. So you either pick yourself up and learn from what went wrong um, and never do that again, or you wallow in the misery and allow it to take you down. 
Amen to that, brother. Listen, I, I haven't had much of a chance to turn over the conversation to Jason to hear his reflections, but I got to tell you, man, it, I, I can feel the kind of experience behind what it is that you're sharing here. And I need to look at some of the books that you've put out under the secret code, as you mentioned earlier, uh, and, and see exactly in real time, some of the stuff you've distilled and, and researched and get to know more about what you're doing, because I have a feeling that entrepreneurship in and of itself is a true passion for you, just based off things that I hear you say and something that you've really tried to take the time to think through what it really means and, and, and why it is that some of us are driven to do that as opposed to others who try it and then step away from it. So you hit, you hit the nail on the head there, um, uh, Philip. And, I, you know, without, without um, taking up too much time, the essence of our research is to understand what goes on inside the person's head that causes them to behave in the way in which they behave. And the, the reason I say that is that we can look at how somebody who's successful behaves and we can copy that. What you really want to know is what goes on in their head on a cold, frosty morning. What goes on in their head when they lose a big deal? What goes on in their head when, when they encounter a problem? Because if you can copy the mindset it's the mindset that sets the stage to be the success that they can become. Right. Those are the moments that are the most important is those. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, please. I'd love to hear your reflections on this. Cause this has been, yeah. I know it's been an incredible conversation because I'm sitting in the middle of it too. <laughs> yeah, it has, it has. And I'll tell you there, there are, you know, we interview or speak to a lot of people. I'm connected to a lot of people that, you know, I have great conversations with, and one word always seems to resonate. And if you've not paid attention in this conversation the entire time, right? <laughs> and there was one word to just take away from this, and that is use your business to create impact, right? And it's all about the impact. And I have experienced it through my entire life that you know, when you chase the money, the money won't come. But when you chase passion, it's that intersection between where passion and purpose collide and you get to become your most uh, your most powerful self, then the money happens, right? That That's where it's at. That's where the magic happens right there. Because then it's not about you anymore. Now it's about the greater impact. Like I love to support uh, Homes for Heroes. I've been supporting them for years. Um, uh, all of our books, we've got nine, 10 books now, and all those proceeds from those books go to Homes for Heroes and we match dollar for dollar. And, but that's making an impact. Now, some would say, well, God, how do I impact the world? Well, don't worry about that. Or I don't have the money to make an impact. One dollar can make an impact. I mean, if you, you're in the store and, and you know, you see a family that maybe they're poor or whatever, and, and you know, you're there at the front counter getting their stuff. They barely have enough money just to pay for that. And the mom says, I'm sorry, son, we can't get that lollipop because we can't afford it. Now imagine what that does for that kid's day when you hand that child a dollar bill. 
even at you, the smallest levels yeah you impacted just just something at the smallest level right and and we can all start there because at the end and of the I, day <clears throat> kindness is free right so <laughs> look at you know and I, you know jason i could i i couldn't agree more and uh, and the one thing that all of us can do regardless of how much money we have is we can mm-hmm. give our time for free mm-hmm. um so so that might be where you start. And I was speaking to a colleague of mine earlier today, and she um, so there's a town in the UK called Windsor. So it's quite famous globally because of Windsor Castle. Um, now, she works for a charity, um, again, working with homeless people. She's going to sleep outside tonight um, as part of an initiative to gain publicity, to generate some money to help homeless people. Um, but that's about saying, actually, whilst I may have money and a warm home, I'm going to feel what it's like to sleep outside in the cold, wet, rainy British weather. Um, so that doesn't cost her anything. Yeah. Um, but what that will do is generate publicity and get other people to to contribute. So I think we, I, I'm with you. I think we can all do that. And um, if you chase the money from a business point of view, um, you you will be at risk of compromising your values. Yeah. If you do the right thing, um, then you'll end up making money. This is it's a it's a sequencing. It's a really important sequencing. So if you think about banks, banks are great examples of this. If the purpose of a bank is to make money, then what they'll do is they'll they'll occasionally screw their customers because that means they'll make money, right? If if the purpose of a bank is to help their customers make more money, save more money, become wealthier and more successful, um, then as a consequence, they'll end up making more money. So, 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 so focusing on doing the right thing and then the output will look after itself. Yeah. So, I'm, so I'm with you, Jason. I think I couldn't agree more. You're great. You make mm-hmm. a great point. It's so funny, you know, a lot, a lot, it's, it's crazy to hear how, and I'm, and I'm glad that you brought it up because throughout this conversation, essentially what we've really touched on is there's going to be levels to where you're at as an entrepreneur, uh, but as an individual, right? Because as an entrepreneur, there's different fiscal states that you can be in, but as an individual, you can always make impact. Yeah. And that's the yeah. most important thing to understand. And if you're the type of person that as an individual is willing to make yeah. an impact and carry that over into the business world. Yeah, you double the impact just by being the kind of person that does that in the business. Um, okay, so 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 if, if you then follow this through, because this is quite a good, a, re, a really quite good discussion. So impact means different things to different people. So if an entrepreneur thinks about their customer base, the most important behavior is curiosity, and and if you are curious about how your customer defines impact, um, then you can give them what they. Uh, one. So if impact for them is becoming famous, um, if it's uh, having a sense of accomplishment, if it is achieving a better work-life balance, if it's making a massive profit, whatever whatever that impact is for them, if you really understand what that looks like and what that feels like and what that is like, then you as an entrepreneur can, can, can begin to give them that. Um, but unless you are insatiably curious to really understand what your marketplace wants and needs and desires and what motivates them and energizes them and gets them out of bed in the morning, um, you're going to find it difficult to give them what they want. 
and then you'll get frustrated that you've got a fantastic proposition and nobody buys it. We haven't asked them what they want. Right. Yeah. It's, mm. it's less about you and a lot more about what they're, what they're looking for. Right. Yeah. So, 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 so the very, the very point. So, you, you, you know, I work at the professional services world. So rather than telling people things, ask them, ask them and listen, see what they say, um, hear, hear their voice, empathize with them, you know, understand their reality and their world and their problems and their challenges. Because all of a sudden you might find things that you never knew um, that you might be able to help them with. Yes. Amen to that. Listen, uh, I want to, I want to make sure that, that we, uh, we are respectful of, of what we agreed upon as a block of time. Cause I feel like I could talk to you forever and what we're doing, you know, it's just, we're, we're going really deep into it, but that just might mean we need a second episode here. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, but with that said, there's two pieces of business to, 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 to attend to. The first is I want to make sure that I get from you. If you could have invited anybody to this conversation at all, if you had your pick of the litter, any point, place, and time in the world, who would you have loved to have had here to listen to what we're discussing and why them? Oh, look, at, you know, I'm going to give you two people. So, uh, so one is my mother, who's um, dead many years now, um, you know, because I think she would have been proud of what I achieved. Um, so, um, you know, she's probably looking down on us and, um, you know, cut it, cut it, cut it chuffed, but wouldn't it be cool? You know, and many of us will be able to relate to that. You know, there's probably somebody special in our lives that have never seen what it, what it is we've accomplished in life. Um, you know, you know, my icon, and this won't translate globally. Um, so I am a football supporter. So in America, you might call that soccer. We call it football. Um, I support a team called Manchester United. Yeah. Uh, there was an iconic uh, manager called Sir Alex Ferguson. And um, if I could invite anyone, um, I would I would invite him to this call. And uh, and I'll tell you the reason why. Um, It's probably one of the best football managers of all time, if not the best football manager of all time. He was um, brought up in a very tough Scottish environment, very working class, um, very challenging environment. And he was uh, he was clearly a very autocratic leader in his early career. But over, over many years of success, he had to learn and pivot and adapt um, and become really quite sophisticated. So moving from, from a point where he he would lead football teams who are local lads who are playing for their local city to managing teams full of international superstars who were earning an absolute fortune. And I think he was just brilliant at uh, becoming a, a sophisticated, incredible, uh, incredible leader. So I'd invite, I, I'd invite, I'd invite him. I there see. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a high premium on true leadership because many yeah. claim to be a leader and, you know, the results yeah. for themselves, but when someone can truly lead, yeah, we have to know what the secret sauce is. <laughs> well, you know, that, you know, you know, which, which, you know, without overstating it, the secret code is the secret source, you know, because it is what goes on inside. And, um, you know, okay, there's more to life than purely that. Let's, let's not, Overreck the pudding, um, but anyone who reads <laughs> any, uh, anyone who reads our books, they will find there is a secret source that they would never have imagined. Um, that 
is applicable globally across all vertical markets. So um, anyway, that's who I'd invite. Yeah, yeah. No, right on, man. Uh, well, with that said, Ian, uh, it's tradition around here for Jason to close this out and give his closing remarks as he brings things to a close. But I want to say I genuinely enjoyed our discussion. It's it's one of those things where we really could have taken it anywhere. And boy, did we try, you know, but we also <laughs> delivered some serious, serious moments of clarity where we specifically outlined what we were getting at. And that's credit to you as well for just being being good at being able to take a second to highlight that. It, it does a lot for a conversation to have someone who can do that. And while I may do it on occasion, it's really nice to have a guest that that goes out of the way to make sure they clarify what they mean to say by at least giving an example that puts that out there. So there was plenty of to, to take away from this. That being said, I want to turn it over to Jason now and have him close this out. But Ian, it really has been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 Well, there's, there's not like massive moments in your life where you get to, you get to listen to not just a good conversation, but an intellectual conversation. And I think that's what you brought to the table was a very intellectual conversation that surrounds business, life, wealth, all of it. Right. And there's a lot that that could be dissected from what we talked about today. And I think it takes a few times of re-listening to this to let all that sink in. <laughs> so, <laughs> Cause there was a lot there to sink in, um, you know, and we all have that same 168 hours a week. Thank you for stopping by and sharing 30, 43 minutes with us. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, man. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.